Welcome to Gardening Naturally with Jeff Ferris. Call or text Jeff now with your gardening and landscape questions. 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Um, Or I should say welcome to Gardening Naturally. Going to be a little chilly today, warm up a little. And over the next couple of days, everything should be warming up. We're starting to get into that Goldilocks zone of gardening temperatures. Now, that means not only for the plants, but for the gardener, not having to be out there in the cold. Rain is still not to be seen, and we need it so desperately. We can only hope for the best. Let's go to the phone. This is Mike. Mike, what can I help you with? Thanks, Jeff. Take my call. I've got two questions. First one, I want to eliminate. I've got some mint in a flower bed in the backyard. I want to eliminate this plant put my grass in. Is any way of getting rid of that mint? Yeah, two things you can do. You can deny it water because it won't do well as it gets drier and drier. Uh, There are some organic weed killers, and I'm not talking just the vinegar, though the vinegar is one, but there's one called pulverize that uses um, fatty acids to burn out the plant, and there's one called bonides burnout. It also takes the plant and burns out the leaves. Um, not quite sure of their chemistry, but all of those are on the organic side. They, I've used pulverized before. Yes. And it worked very quickly. Uh, it top killed in no time at all. I sprayed early in the morning, and by afternoon, I had nothing but dead brown leaves. Hmm. Okay. That's interesting. I'll, I'm going to try that then because I just I'm t- I don't want to have that bed anymore. Second thing is, is there any way of freshening up potting soil, or should you just throw it away and get new? Uh, yeah, you can. Um, uh, is there a plant growing in it right now? No, no, no. There, you know, I didn't have anything all the last four months, three months. Okay, if you can empty the pot. Mix in about 50% of a good quality compost. Work it with your hands a little bit, you know, play in the dirt, and uh, refill the pot. Now, you may wind up with leftover dirt, but you can use that in other pots. Um, uh, That's not unusual. As a matter of fact, I had to buy more potting soil, not compost, more potting soil for a couple of pots that I had. And I worked it into the existing potting soil that was in there. And um, it, it drained better. It absorbed water better. Everything, it kind of really refreshed the soil that was in the pot. Okay. Okay. I, was, I just want to know if I just need to throw it away. I figured you could by putting 50-50 or something on it, and it would do it. But I wanted to ask you first. Yeah, that'll still work. Here's where the exception is. Um, Okay. Tomatoes. Tomatoes. You don't want any trace of the previous season's soil in the container 
if you're going to plant tomatoes or if you planted tomatoes in it last year. Tomatoes get root diseases really easily and they carry over from one season to the next. Okay. So that totally new soil for tomatoes. Everything else you should be able to get away with just refreshing 50-50. Okay, good to know. Now, how, I'm going to put com- a real good compost on my yard this year. How deep should you put it? About a half inch or an inch? What do you do? A half inch at max. Believe it or not, that will make such a difference. Uh, you can actually go down to only a quarter inch to help get your turf going again. But a half inch would be fantastic. Just spread it across the yard, and uh, that is a good, good top dressing amount to get your uh, turf going good early this spring. Okay. Okay. Well, thanks for taking my call. You've answered my questions. You have a good day. You too, Mike. Thanks for the call. Yeah, folks, Mike's talking about it. We all should be talking about it. This is not a bad time of the year to top dress your lawn. Understand, top dress does not mean top soil. Do not, do not spread topsoil. The reason for that, too much of our topsoil is really ground scraping. You know, they come along and they level the ground or get out weeds, stuff like that. And they put that soil in the dump truck. They run the dump truck somewhere and run it through a screen so they break it down. That soil is full of weed seeds. You are not benefiting yourself by putting topsoil on your turf. You want a good quality compost and you don't need a ton of it well you may need a ton literally but you only need maximum of half an inch coverage over your soil plenty of soil yards that have good compost mixes if you have a small enough yard you can get away with a bagged compost but the goal here is just a half inch at max and that will start to bring back your soil. That'll feed the biologies. That'll loosen the soil up. That'll actually fall on anything. Everybody worries about thatch. Well, thatch is dead. So when you get compost on top of dead thatch, it's going to help break down the compost. And that'll get rid of thatch for you. Let's uh, let's go to the phone. This is Paula. Paula, what can I help you with? Hello, hello. Um, we planted a cedar elm. We're guessing. I think it's been about four years ago, and it's healthy, but it's you know they sleep, they creep, and leap, and it's not leaping. <laughs> so, wondering what what we could do amendment wise, uh, in terms of fertilizer or just things to help it move on. Okay, first thing you need to do is go into the kitchen, boil a pot of water, um, make yourself a cup of chamomile tea, tea and relax. <laughs> I, have, I have a four-year-old 
elm in my front yard. And it hasn't leafed out yet either. I know it will. The branches are still supple, but yeah. you're a little early. Uh, patience is the first thing. The patience is the first thing you need. Yeah, you are it's not only, looking at a bad tree. The, the only concern is it, it sort of seems like it's stunted and not wanting to go vertical anymore. You know, it's like okay, this is my happy place. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> well, who knows? Uh, it may leaf out this year and go, ta-da, and produce big, long, new branches and lots of leaves. You just got to give it time to see what it's going to do. I've noticed that the, of the plants, elms are, they're definitely in the sleep, creep, leap category. So once it gets started this year, you should see it start to leaf out more. If you're really concerned, it is never a bad thing, never a bad thing to put compost around its root zone. Refresh that at least once a year. Okay. And that will help the tree go faster. But for right now, not leafing out, neither am I. I'm not concerned about it. And I've got the same same thing. I've got a tree they planted roughly four years ago. So patience, patience. Yeah, it will it start seems like to leaf out to a certain height and doesn't want to grow any taller. But yeah, I'll have to have some chamomile tea. <laughs> yeah, that that will not help the tree, but it will help you. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks so much. We enjoy your show. Thank you for the call, Paula. Uh, Francisco, I see you there. Can you hang on? I need to take a quick break. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Let's go to the phone. This is Francisco. What can I help you with? Hi, Jeff. Good morning. I have, um, I have a mesquite and a few uh, Italian cypress trees, and I would like to uh, apply some um, compost and mulch, but I want to get rid of the weed and the grass before doing that. So what, what will be the, the, the best way to get rid of that, the weed and the okay. grass? couple of easy tricks. Well, relatively easy. There are several organic weed killers that you can use. Um, you can use the horticultural vinegar. You can use a product called pulverize. You can use a product called bonides burnout. All three of those things will burn the leaves off down to soil level. So you're basically going to kill everything that's there right now. They will not affect the roots of your trees, but they will get rid of the weeds that are in that area. The, then you can come back and you can turn around and cover them with compost and mulch. Okay, Another thing... I have the, the vinegar and the orange oil, so yeah. that will be safe for the trees? Yes, it will be. Oh, okay, great. 
And then uh, if I apply the the, the mixture of the uh, vinegar and orange oil, how, how long I have to wait before before pouring the uh, compost and, and, and mulch down there? This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Oh, finally got hit with this text. This is a very important text message, folks. people are talking about buying compost and they generally have what would be considered a legitimate concern, semi-legitimate concern. What about compost that is made with manure from ruminants that have eaten hay that was sprayed with the nasty, nasty chemicals. The number one is picloram. That's a quick name to remember. Picloram is an herbicide, and it's powerful herbicide. It takes it 500 days to break down on a half-life meaning you spray it 500 days from now, it's still half as potent. And the bad thing is, is you spray it on hay, animals eat it, and it comes right back out of the animal just as potent. So what are the chances of you purchasing compost that has this in it? very unlikely that you're purchasing compost with this material in it. Very unlikely. The, 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 first, the first thing you got to remember is the folks who are making compost, who are building it, doing the composting, whether they're making a pile of it that they shovel into your truck, whether they deliver it with a a dump truck, or whether you buy it bagged, it would be an incredible business impact if they didn't concern themselves with it because uh, you know what? You're not going to have a customer when you kill their lawn or garden. The, the leftover picloram that was in the manure that gets composted is going to be more of an impact on broadleaf weeds, meaning tomatoes, peppers, etc. If you start seeing a lot of leaf damage, very poor performance, etc., after using the compost, you may need to go back to the place you got it and say, hey, what the heck here? It is unlikely, but not impossible. 
it it is not impossible but you you really have no way of testing the compost it's very expensive to run a soil test on it to check for these chemicals very hard to do So that's always an issue. You kind of got to accept what you purchase. That's why it's best to make your own compost. And that's also why it's best to try to not use manure-based composts. You know, one of the reasons, you know, we talk about manure, but... One of the reasons that it's not efficient to use manure-based compost is that to produce enough compost for a hundred square foot of your garden, you need to provide the animal making the manure 500 square feet of ground. That just doesn't work out well. You can compost without manures. There are some turkey or chicken compost. They will not have had the uh, picloram exposure. And those are great composts. But it's kind of up to you. How concerned are you going to be? How how afraid are you of a really unlikely occurrence? Because you can go over the top and go, well, you know what? I The only compost I'm going to make is 100% from my property. Great. Have at it. That works just fine. And everybody should be composting anyway. But you will never produce enough compost on your own to take care of everywhere you're going to need it. You are probably going to have to wind up purchasing some. So... Don't walk around in fear that, oh, this business is just going to, you know, it's going to sell me something that's going to kill all of my land. Because they're not. They're not. They wouldn't be in business if that was occurring. So take that into account. Um, Here's a question that comes up every once in a while. Can you spread oak wilt by burning the firewood from a tree that had oak wilt? Go to Texas Oak Wilt, all one word, TexasOakWilt.com. This is a great site that discusses these kind of situations. 
They talk about if you cut down a tree with oak wilt, how to properly store the cords so that the oak wilt doesn't escape and can't be passed on further. It will give you the guidance that you want to, uh, to know if it is safe to use and how to recover that wood so that you can use it for at least firewood. So try them because it's a little different depending on the situations and how you got the wood. You uh, are, if you're growing things and you have oak wilt nearby, are you spreading it? No, probably not. Can you harvest the tree, make cordwood out of it? Yes, there are ways to do that and preserve, you know, the wood quality for firewood, but not spread the oak wilt. And like I said, texasoakwilt.org or .com has great explanations of this and tells you the proper procedures to safely do this so that you're just not cutting the tree down and getting rid of it. Let's see, we have some texts here. Okay, folks, you, everybody needs to develop some patience. When you plant a fruit tree, even if you purchase the fruit tree with fruit on it, it could be several years before you get actual production. That means you put a new plant, plant in the ground, citrus especially, and it doesn't do anything for a couple of years, that's totally normal. There's nothing wrong with the tree. It can take years for fruiting trees to produce fruit. Citrus also has a weird quality about it. When it's young, texasoakwilt.org. Thank you for that correction, folks. texasoakwilt.org. <clears throat> Citrus has this annoying quality where it could bloom like crazy this year and next year you not get a single flower. It does that. And there's nothing wrong when the tree does that. It can have what's called an alternate bearing year or set of years. But Assuming that you take and plant a new citrus tree and it hasn't flowered or fruited in the first two years, that doesn't mean there's a problem. 
It doesn't mean that you're doing something wrong. They have to establish themselves to really get going. And one of the most common problems we have with citrus is, are you fertilizing it? Because citrus plants are heavy eaters. They, they take up a lot of fertilizer. They really like nitrogen. That means if you have fish emulsion, you should be watering every two weeks with fish emulsion. If you have something like alfalfa meal or you have cottonseed meal, you should be applying it at least once a month. That will get your citrus tree to produce. So putting a tree in the ground for fruit, do not expect it to produce fruit that very first year. And number two, don't expect it to produce fruit the second year. It can be up to five years before you get regular production from fruiting trees. We just need to be patient. We cannot demand, put on fruit. You're, I just put you in the ground, you should have fruit this year. No, you shouldn't necessarily have fruit this year. We have high expectations We have very high expectations of our plants, but we really have to, we, we really have to understand, don't ask undeliverable things from the plants. Folks, this is Gardening Naturally. Um, I gotta take a break, we'll be right back. This is Gardening Naturally on News Radio KLBJ with host Jeff Ferris. Jeff is ready for your calls or text messages at 512-836-0590. Hey, welcome back, folks. Um, looking at decent weather. Decent weather for the rest of the week. We're going to cross into 80s for high. <clears throat> which that's early. It'll still be February, but 80. But the lows are going to be more than reasonable for us. After the coming morning, Monday morning, our temperatures should stay in the tomatoes will be okay weather. Does that mean... A week from now, we're not going to have a freeze? No idea. It is always a gamble when gardening. So we do what we can. If you're putting in plants and we still have cold coming, make sure you have the ability to cover them. Let's go to the phone. This is Jeffrey. What can I help you with? Well, I need the wisdom and knowledge of you, Jeffrey. So um, I'm looking at some native milkweed seeds that I've had for, uh, I got them last year and was going to plant them, but it was too late. And it talks about soaking them and then keeping them in fridge 
30 days. Mm-hmm. What, I mean, what type of temperatures are we talking? Are we talking about just putting them in the refrigerator, leaving them, you know, for 30 days in there? I don't know if that's too cold, if that's... No, no, it's not. you got to remember, those seeds are going to be outside, so they're right. going to yeah. endure whatever temperature we get outside. Putting them in a refrigerator is simply to be able to manipulate the weather rather than planting them and hoping that it'll be cold enough to reach what they need and then they'll germinate. You're just cutting the process down a little bit and you're making sure you're getting the temperatures that the plants want. Um, 30 days is probably not bad and your refrigerators probably is above freezing, but just below 40. So that's good. That, that is what they need to get going. Okay. So the medium of the vermiculite um, that they're calling for on this, um, can you use something else, maybe like a little bit of potting soil, something like that, to keep they, I'm sure they're not going to sprout. Yeah, you can use potting soil. Uh, coconut core fiber is a good material to use. Uh, you can avoid peat moss. I mean, I'm everybody sorry. puts peat moss. You can avoid using peat moss. Okay. Uh, peat moss is a high-energy product. It's not grown in the U.S., and it's got to be shipped and blah, right. blah, blah. Uh, but you could use the coconut fiber. You can use... Um, uh, what did you mention? Coconut fiber, potting soil. And if you want, I, I know people make their own or buy potting soil and then get a bag of earthworm castings. Earthworm castings are high minerals, a very low fertilizer, and they really improve the texture of the soil. So if you want to go that far, that helps. But otherwise, uh, a good moisture-holding, well-draining potting soil should get you started. And like I said, put them in the fridge if you haven't yet for that 30 days, and you'll be good to go. Okay, great, because uh, I just need to do, because I've got both the, uh, the green and the antelope. I wanted mm -hmm. to do those this year and just try, you know, how time kind of gets away from me when you're going, I need to do this in January, and you're going, oh, wait, now all of a sudden it's the middle <laughs> of February. So anyway. Totally get that. Oh, the other thing is um, if you successfully get either one of those growing, you'll need to watch when you do your mowing. Because even if you have them in pots, you're going to start getting these seeds naturally occurring in your yard. My wife and I walk our property the minute we find the first milkweed coming up and have those surveyor flags on the metal spikes. We stick them in the ground where they are so that we both know not to weed eat or mow over the plant. And by doing that, we get more and more and more every single year. We, we can have some really serious years of it. So remember where it comes up and really avoid trying to cut it back. 
yeah, I'm going to start them in. I'm going to put these in a couple of raised beds for for now, but I know it it seems like they'll spread almost like poppies do. So, yep, yep. Okay. Well, you're right, you're on a good start. All right, I appreciate it, man. Thanks so much. Thanks for the call. Let's go to the phone. This is Susan. Susan, what can I help you with? Hi. Um, quick. I have indoor plants with gnats, tons of gnats. So I bought some diatomaceous earth. Can Do I mix that with the current soil, or am I better off dumping the soil and getting all new potting soil and putting diatomaceous earth with that? Okay, first off, what's causing the gnats is more than likely that you're keeping the soil in the pot too wet. You well, have I've to have wet. Out. I mean, they're they're in the garage. I haven't even watered them. And you still are having gnats? Oh, it's terrible. Hmm. Hmm. Yes. Okay. Hmm. And, and, an easier way to take care of these guys, you can dust the surface with the diatomaceous earth. That will cause no harm to the plant, to the soil, but it can slow down the gnats. The other thing you can do is you can get the mosquito dunks. Take one of those, break it to like a quarter of it, and put it in a quart of water and let it soak in there for a while, a couple hours. Okay. Then water the plant with that water because it will have the thing that will kill the gnat larvae in that water. It's called uh, Bacillus thuringiensis kirstaki. Oh, yes, got that. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that is one way that you can kill the larva. No larva, no adults, no adults, no larva. Right. Okay. I will see what happens because, yeah, I can't bring them back in the house. Okay. Thank you. Have a you good bet. Weekend. Good luck. You too. Thank you, Susan. Yeah, folks, many times when you have gnats in your plants, we had them so bad at work. We had some beautiful plants, but geez, the gnats were everywhere. And we come to find out we had a whole host of people would walk by the plant and dump their cold coffee into it, figuring that, oh, it's going to help it grow. No, 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 no. The constantly wet soil is an environment that lets the gnats multiply, and they get pretty thick. So make sure that when you're watering, you get the water you need on the plant, but you don't water again until it goes dry. Now, it doesn't have to go bone dry, but you want the top inch and a half of soil to be dry. That will prevent the gnats from laying eggs and trying to reproduce. That barrier of super dry soil will stop the gnats and you won't have the problem. If you really have them, you can do uh, dissolve part of a, a mosquito dunk in a quart of water, shake it up really good, give it a couple hours, 
and it will have released the bacteria that's going to attack the gnat larva. Then water with that water. Water evenly across the top, and that will help you get rid of those gnats. They're definitely a pain. They're definitely an inconvenience, but they're easy to get rid of. Too much water, too many gnats. So keep an eye on that. Folks, this has been Gardening Naturally. Um, we're done for the day. I will talk to you all again next Saturday at 9 o'clock. Have a great week.